Hi, I'm Peter Cox, and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. I hope you've enjoyed the past year of conversations from some amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community. This year, I look forward to many more conversations, and I hope that you join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Head over to my Patreon site if you would like to support the show. You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscriptions, and file hosting. If you would like to join me to have a chat or you have a particular person from our industry that you would like to hear about, please send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes and in my bio on all social media sites. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab your drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. My guest today is Michael Lamont. Michael was born in Ryde, New South Wales, and grew up in North Rocks in Sydney. He's been in the industry since 1973, where he began his educational journey at TAFE. He's a registered surveyor and was an owner of a small business, re- small business resource design and management before recently retire- retiring in July this year. Michael has been an active member of the surveying profession taking on many roles within the industry. With too many awards to mention over the years, although one that stands out is the Shiny Ass Award in 1984. (laughs) We'll find out about that one. (laughs) And in his downtime, he's enjoyed surfing, soccer, natural history and photography. Thanks, Michael, for joining me today. Uh, It's a pleasure, Peter. Uh, You're doing a fantastic job, so... Thank you. Happy to contribute my little bit. That's nice. Thank you so much. It's nice to people to to take a bit of time out of their their spare time to have a chat. I think everybody gets a little bit out of it. Definitely. Mm. So you're a Sydney boy. Yes. Yeah. So how uh, long were you in Sydney before? Well, basically. Uh, I was in Sydney until I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, then I took a major step and moved to WA. Yeah. I in saw WA that you... for, for a couple of years. And I mm-hmm. came back to Sydney only for about six months. I can explain why. Yep. Later, As perhaps. As we go. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, yeah, then uh, I an opportunity came to get a job in Coffs Harbour mm. and, uh, yeah, been here ever since. Been there ever since, yeah. yeah. So you you did high school and yeah. did you go straight on to TAFE from there? I did, actually. Um, so I finished year 12, or mm-hmm. six, six year, Form mm-hmm. 6, I think it was called back then. Back then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I uh, I really, to, to be honest, I did not know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no real inkling or, or no um, intention of doing anything in particular. Um, but I, I knew what I liked. And, you know, I certainly enjoyed being outdoors. Yeah. And um, 
I guess my my father was a, a builder and I think okay. he, he possibly had in his mind that uh, I would follow in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. Well, he turned me off pretty quickly uh, on a couple of occasions. Um, one, one time I was working on on my uncle's house actually and it was um, on a fairly steep lot and we're working up on the roof putting the trusses up and um, three stories at the back one story at the front so it gives you an idea how steep it was there I was near the back and I actually fell off the roof but luckily I grabbed I grabbed the wall and swung in I smashed the window (laughs) um (laughs) And uh, yeah, this is all before work, health and safety. Yes, yes. Anyway, that that uh, that was probably the defining moment. I said, "Well, I don't think I'm going to be a builder." And my my dad, being a man from you know the depression and um, and being in the Second World War, he, you know, understanding his background, uh, he left school when he was thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. He certainly wasn't. Didn't come from a well-off family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the during the depression. He had to go and live with an auntie because they had, there were seven of them, seven siblings. Oh gosh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think thank goodness there was rabbits and things to go shoot rabbits and whatever for food. Um, yeah, so so he, he then, wasn't tough, it? But, but you know that stuck with him mm. for life. Um, certainly wasn't wasn't one to freely give give away money or yeah you know, yeah take risk so yeah. Um, mm. yeah but anyway as I say I fell off the roof um, and that probably sealed it for me I said no nah, this is not for me um, and then uh, yeah so anyway I left high school bummed around I was actually got a job with through dad um, Cleaning dags, so um, <laughs> I, I saw that in my questionnaire, and I thought, "Is he joking?" <laughs> yeah, so so I basically worked for a little while after I first left school for a company made wrought iron railings mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, when they do the welding, there's every weld's got dags oh, on little, it. Yep. So my job was to clean the dags off. And uh, I must have been pretty good at it because they did offer me long-term employment to stay there. Oh. Uh, that was a hard choice. You know, I could have been a professional dag cleaner. But anyway, I, I didn't think that Who was Who even really... thought that would be a job? <laughs> mm. Yeah. But I stayed there long enough to earn enough money to buy a, a new surfboard. That was ah. my whole reason for mm-hmm. being there. So once I bought the surfboard, there was no way I was going back to work. Um, yeah, so uh, then came, I guess, January, February, where I really had to make a hard decision about mm. what I was going to do that following year. Mm. I was always, well, I always felt I was pretty good at, at drawing. And um, so I, I decided oh, cartography sounds like a, mm-hmm. good, a good career. So I went to Ultimo TAFE to enrol in cartography. And this is something I always remember. Walked into the 
the TAFE building and there was a set of stairs that went up to go to cartography. But anyway, when, when I got to the top of the stairs, there's a sign which said cartography left, surveying right. I thought, no, surveying. I, I, did, I probably didn't realise there was a TAFE course in surveying at the time. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, no, surveying. So I, I turned right instead of left. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, became a surveyor. Um yeah, I did the TAFE course, uh, got, then got a job shortly afterwards for a fellow in Hornsby mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, been in surveying field ever since. Ever since? Yeah. yeah. So did you do, was it a two-year course? No, it was three. It was called a surveying certificate. Certificate, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. It was a three-year course. Um, so basically... I think probably four nights a week. Yeah, okay. We had to had to go to TAFE. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I did that. I finished the certificate, and then um, well, actually to go back, one of the, one of the first teachers I still even remember his name, this fellow by the name of Terry Lagalo. Oh, um, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. He's the only TAFE teacher I can remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we rocked up our first class, I guess you call it, and you know, yeah, we're all sort of 18, 19, mm. so most of us all turned up in thongs and board shorts <laughs> and whatever. Um, yes. Yeah, I so we all, got, yeah, we all got blown out. You know. But Terry, he sort of said, you don't come here unless you know, you've got to be in your work gear. So from that day, otherwise you wouldn't let us in the class. So from there on, you'd turn up in whatever you wore to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, one of the things Terry had mentioned during, I think he took, might have been like survey drafting or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, he sort of then indicated, you know, that you'll only ever be like a technician, um, you know, if you, if you really there'll always be registered surveyors above you, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that, I guess that always stuck in my mind. That, yeah, okay, there's there's more to life than just doing the TAFE course. Anyway, I finished mm-hmm. the TAFE course. I knew I wanted to do something more. So I actually started doing civil engineering at TAFE. Okay. And yep. um, after after a while... I sort of felt wasn't really my cup of tea, and um, I then applied to to go to university. And uh, at the time, to get into New South Wales, they would only give you one credit. I can't remember what that was out of a four year degree course. Really? Wow. Yeah. Whereas okay. uh, Western Australia, weight as it was called then. Uh, which is now Curtin University, Curtin, yeah. uh, basically gave you 12 months mm. uh, credit for, for what you'd done. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was a pretty obvious choice. I've been working full-time. I'd always had money. I was going to give up that and work, go to full-time study for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I then packed up and went, went to Perth uh, when I was 20. 
22, I think I was. Mm. And uh, Big move. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. Um, didn't have any friends or anybody mm. over there that I knew of. Um, but, you know, like any university, once you get there, you meet, meet yeah. people uh, yeah. and you soon build up a little community of friends and, and whatever. And, you know, one, one of my good friends who, who I'd met there is, uh, is, is back here. And he's got a practice in Bathurst. Uh, we oh, share the okay. house together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I've got some lifelong friends. I've got, you know, a, a lady who's a teacher uh, in, in Perth who, who shared the house with us as well. So I'm really good friends with them. Mm. That's partly one of the reasons why I want to get over to Perth um, before too long. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a journey. But uh, certainly been worthwhile. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you've had a, a a a great a great career. So you finished. Did, did you do any surveying work over there while you were doing uni? Or not? I didn't actually work for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I only did um, you know the practical exercises yeah. that we yeah, had to okay. do. Yeah. Things like that. Um, certainly, a few of the other guys did get jobs with people. Mm. But um, I don't know. I guess I, I had a goal. My goal was to get finish the degree, um, and I, I didn't sort of want any real distractions. Yeah, you know. yeah, fair enough. So, what you just did your uni and then came back? Yeah, I, mm. I, I did the uni um, pretty well. Yeah, we, we drove drove back over. Uh, an old Land Rover, four-cylinder <laughs> Land Rover. Um, I've done the trip three times from Sydney to Perth every time in, in this, this old Land Rover, uh-huh. um, okay. which is fine uh-huh. when you had a tailwind, but you had a headwind, <laughs> it was pretty hard, pretty hard going. But, um, yeah, so I came back to Sydney uh, mainly because, well, when I was li- living in Perth, I don't know if you've been there, Peter, but the surf in Perth is is not that great. Yeah, if you want good surf, no, that's right. If you want good surf, you've got to head down down Down, south. Down south, yeah, yeah. Which I did a few times, but anyway. um, But it's a few hours drive south. You've got to go to yeah yeah, to get to it. Yeah, no, that's right. So um, you know, I was really quite a keen surfer, so. A career in Perth didn't really suit me from that point of view. <laughs> so, yeah, back to Sydney and um, I got a job then with Frank Mason or M- Masons, I think they call him. And uh, essentially I, I was articled to Ted Hunter, who he passed away now, but he was mm-hmm. very highly regarded surveyor. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I was articled to him for, uh, well, sorry, he was my supervising surveyor, not article, um, my supervising surveyor for six months, getting my city experience. Back then, it was expected that uh, to get your rural experience, you would actually go and work in a rural area. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I've done my six months in the, in the city, through Masons, 
And uh, as soon as my time was up, there wasn't a great deal of work around. Okay. I thought I better start looking to see what opportunities there are for, to get job in, in a regional area. Mm-hmm. And being a, a mad surfer, it had to be, had on, to the be on the coast. <laughs> totally so, get that. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote letters to every surveyor who had a had a business on the coast from Victoria to Queensland. And I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity in Coffs Harbour. Mm. So mm. I moved up to Coffs Harbour. Uh, that was in 79. Okay. And... Um, yeah, I worked for that survey for about nine months, and then I uh, went to another survey in Coffs Harbour. Who basically I've been I've been then with them for about eight eight years, and then they got bought out by GHD. So I then stayed for another seven years as part of GHD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, when that towards the end of that, I I had had to get out, had to do my own thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's when I jumped out and um, joined RDM Resource mm-hmm. Design and Management, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then that's where I've been ever since. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's um. And so, what did you say? Forty. 40 years or something you've been? Yeah, well, 40, 42 years now. 40 years, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's it's such a nice spot up there. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty env- uh, not envious. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people in the city that would be envious of what we've got up here, yeah. particularly at the moment with um, COVID and the lockdown. Mm. Um, We've we've had a you know, even though we've been we just come out of lockdown actually last night. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, but that doesn't mean we've got total freedom. Uh, yeah. We're still expected to wear masks and things like that. But mm-hmm. as far as travel, we're not restricted. We can travel, which is good because I got a, my mother's up at Tweed Heads. Oh, uh, yeah. So okay. I haven't been able to see her for the last four weeks or or whatever. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll head up head up there as soon as I get some free time to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just pity the people perhaps that live in in city Sydney in particular. Maybe you know, living in a, in a flat in a high rise building, uh, I'd go stir crazy. Yeah, I really would. I could not. I don't think I could put up with that. No, um, I, I'm struggling at the moment. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I've been sitting in this office since the 23rd of June. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen a couple of friends occasionally to go for a walk. Yeah. Other than that, it's been this room, the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. The backyard and the walk around yeah. the block. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you no. just got to get out and do that walk every now yeah. and then. Well, I was with um, Are You OK Day the other, the other yeah. day, I'm like, you know, I, I whinged and bitched to Michelle about, you know, doing September. Yeah. But I think it's kind of saved me because I have to go for a walk. I have yeah. to do the 10,000 steps because, you know, people have sponsored me, given yeah. me money to, to you know, to, to do the 
to do the steps that yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's actually not a bad thing because it's getting me out of the house. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. um, it's great. You know, I, yeah. I'm not doing steps in that, but I am doing at least 10,000 steps a day. Wow, that's good. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not a big exerciser, so it's, <laughs> you know, I used to go for a walk maybe once a week with some friends on a Saturday yeah, or yeah. something. So um, even my husband, Ben, was saying, I can't believe you've committed to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we, so, we as I say, we're, we're, I'm lucky I live where I do. We've got the beach nearby. We yeah. do nice beach walks. Beach walks. Mm. Sort of every every day. Really, we just look at the tides and go, oh, yeah, it's going on low. That's a good time mm-hmm. to, to do a beach walk. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is your wife retired? Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she, she's she been retired for a while. She actually mm-hmm. used to work for us. Oh, okay. Um, at the In the business. And then uh, I'm not sure how long she's been retired now, but – maybe six, seven years, something like yeah, that. Okay. Um, we, we got to a point where we wanted to start doing a bit more travel. Mm. Um, we've done a few things overseas. But it was always difficult when both myself and Vicky, my wife, were, were pretty heavily involved in the business. So yeah, um, makes it hard. I more or less gave her the sack and said, uh, <laughs> We need, we need, you need to get out of the business uh, because it's, it is creating a, a problem uh, for us when yeah. we want to go on, on leave mm. because, you know, two, two of the key people in the business were, weren't there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, she probably six, seven years ago, she uh, stepped out of the business. Um, her mum, you know, was at an age where she could, Vicky could, give a lot more attention to her yeah. and so yeah. forth. So it's all worked mm. out pretty well yeah. from that side of things. And, um, yeah, but it also made me rethink about the, the business and probably a bit about succession mm-hmm. and how important it is to to bring on your staff so that they can take, take on the responsibilities and even, you know, some of the decision-making without having to come back to me as the business yeah. owner. Um, and that, that, that's really great. It's something I think all, all uh, bosses or business owners need to consider. I mean, there is a, a downside, a risk in that you expose your clients and whatever to your staff. And but if you treat your staff well, They'll, they'll, it works both ways. Yeah, so. I think I think as a as a business person, um, you need to find the right people that fit in with the company and the values, and um, take a little bit of that ownership and 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 loyalty for the business, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah. To find those right people so that it does work in a way that you know they're not like you said not relying on you all the time yeah um, and and most of them appreciate that you do give them responsibility yeah yep. um, you know most that's what they want um, yeah. for their career development mm. and 
yeah, it's, it's just so important that we do do bring on the next generation. Um, mm. You know, it's uh, I, I get a lot of pleasure when I, I see you know the the staff that I've got uh, develop and and become more confident in themselves mm. about running a job or dealing with a client. Uh, even you know, dealing with not that we have many, but a disgruntled client, <laughs> um, you know, and, and working it, working through it with them. Call me in if you need it, but yeah, a lot of times things can get sorted without me having to be directly involved, mm. and um, and that opened up a lot of opportunity for for me and and Vicky then to do a bit of travelling, you know, with done six weeks in England and Scotland and whatever and four weeks here and yeah nice yeah you know, uh, and, and I, I guess technology also helps very much you know you, you always got your mobile phone or you <laughs> you can take a laptop or something um and just have that, that sort of connection back mm. to the office if, if need be yeah yeah yeah. Did did um did you when you were sort of going through your career stages, did you always think that you were going to have your own business or it was just one of those things that evolved and happened? No, I always knew mm-hmm. that was my goal. Um mm-hmm. you know, my first goal, I guess, I did the TAFE course. My yep. next next goal was to get the degree. My next yeah. goal was get registered. registered. Yeah, and okay. my next goal was to get involved in a business. Uh, that probably took a bit, a bit longer than I, yeah. I wanted because obviously being part of GHD, uh, it's a ma- massive organisation. Mm-hmm. And um, the opportunities to be in a, a spot where you could influence the direction of, of, the, of the company probably never be available in, in a company like GHD. Mm, so, okay. um, yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, I've always, I, I sort of, I don't, I don't see myself as a goal setter, but I, I do set goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'd, I always knew at some point I, I'd be running a business or yeah. certainly be well involved. And, mm. um, you know, you, you talked about that um, that award that I, I won all those years ago, back in '84. Um, the, the shiny ass award. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, back even back '84, um, I was working then for for a fellow by the name of Graham Lockett in a company called Lockett and Montgomery, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I I was registered. I got registered in. 81. Uh, so I was a registered surveyor, but by 84, my main job was in the office, churning over the, you know, getting all the calcs done, uh, producing the plans of subdivision or, or whatever it was. Mm. And uh, I had a couple of techies who did most of the work for us. Yeah. And um, yeah. And anyway, come Christmas time, 
I, I was honoured with the award of shiny ass of the year because I wasn't getting out in the field. I was in the office all the time. <laughs> and, and, but that was partly uh, probably partly my own doing because that's where I seen my future. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, you can be, be a very good technician. You can be a great technician. But if you, if you really aspire to, to own and run a business, there's a lot more needed than just rather than just, just yeah. the technical skills. Mm. You know, there, there's a whole, whole range of business type skills, people skills that you don't get taught. Um, well, you can if you go and do specific mm. courses, but mm. essentially it's, you know, you learn through experiences and, and so forth. But anyway, I, I sort of knew that, um, that that was where my career path needed to go. So when opportunities come to, to be more involved in the office and running things, I was more than happy to step up and say, yep, yeah. I'll, I'll do what I have to. Um, mm. uh, I, I did, you know, I did go back to TAFE in Coffs Harbour to learn a bit about bookkeeping. Um, probably never used that information, but... Well, you know, certainly I, I always had this um, this drive or goal that I was going to be in charge of a business mm. at some point. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, some people don't have those goals but end up in those positions and then there's other people who know that that's where they're going to be Yeah. in in their career sort of thing. And then there's the people that just don't ever get there because they just, are happy out in the field, so. Well, that's it. I mean, we're all different, you know. Mm. I, I mm. say to say to Vicky all the time, you know, she says, "How how could they do this?" Or you know, talking about anything. I say, "Look, hey, we're all different. We're mm. all you know, driven by different things. Uh, it'd be a pretty boring place if we were all the same. So it would um, be, yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, just." Just accept it. You know, people don't, <laughs> not everybody thinks the same as you. And uh, but that that as I say, that's that's good because you you do need uh, you know the good technicians and yeah. and so forth. You you need specialists in certain areas. But uh, mm. I was never going to be a specialist. I'm I'm yeah. a generalist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that goes back to my school days. I. I didn't excel at any particular yep. um, you know, subject. I, I was reasonably good at most stuff. But, um, mm. I, was, I guess I was always inquisitive and, and wanting to know a little bit more. But, yeah, certainly wouldn't. I was never going to be ducks at the school. Um, I, I, yeah, I bummed around a lot, particularly in my later years at, at high school. Because surfing had sort of got in my blood, <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm surprised that that some of us made it through high school because yeah, we had surfing as a sport. Yep. Um, so it was we were either in the art room or surfing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no well, I'm not quite a... sure how we how I got a a mark to to get into uni. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you look back and you, you sort of think, hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I look back and I sort of wonder wonder about 
you know, the choices you make. Um, now, what would I do if I went back again to mm. at high school? You know, I, I did history through what was that sort of junior high school. Mm-hmm. I could have done geography. Anyway, I, I did history because I, I sort of thought, oh yeah, you know, Australian history, Captain Cook, and I really enjoy that. It wasn't about Captain Cook. It was about you know the Tudors and English history and William the Conqueror and uh-huh. yeah. uh, okay. So when I got to senior high school, I, I jumped from history to geography. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, but. Yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed. I did tech drawing. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called then. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that, but I probably, if I had been time again, maybe I might have done art. I don't know. Well, yeah. you enjoy your photography, you said. So. Yeah. Do you get do you get to do much of that? Not right at the moment. Lockdown sort of cramp my style a bit and, mm. and you know we were intending to to get out and about uh doing a fair bit of traveling through you know well even if the state was locked down through western new south wales mm. um now with all the covid that's floating around in regional new south wales we're, yeah, we're still limited mm. to what we can do but I, i've lashed out i've bought myself a pretty decent camera mm. um, what have you got uh, it's a canon 90d Mm, nice. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got that. Um, I've got a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, I got, I got old, older film cameras that yeah. from the past that, you know, I, I never sell them. Um, no, I've got, yeah, I've got a, a, an old film one, a Canon film one. And then I've got a 500D and a uh, Mark 5.3. Okay. Hmm. Mark five three. That's a pretty decent camera, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I got that second hand off a friend who was getting rid of it, but yeah, um, right. yeah it was yeah. what I always wanted in the first place, and we couldn't really afford it when I got the five hundred, yeah, and yeah. finally got to the stage where he was selling it, and I just sent it to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A good offer. We have to. You have to buy it. So yeah, that was my my birthday present with some yeah yeah no, nifty fifty really... lens and I've got some nice lenses okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm sort of looking at at another lens. I I guess I I sort of as you said in the introduction, natural history is sort of a mm-hmm. a thing with me. I I enjoy natural history and mm. uh, you know, so I'm sort of thinking the the I've got a um, 35 to one, sorry, make me think what's, anyway, I've got a zoom lens to yep. 135, I think it is, to 50, uh-huh. 50 to 135. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's not really, doesn't really capture, when you're trying to get, say, photos of birds or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not good enough. So, yeah, so I was just looking at, um, and at, you know, lens apparently the uh, raving about the 100 to 400 lens the zoom lens is, is great for wildlife photography oh yeah okay mm. well they're about three grand which is <laughs> quite a bit yeah. of money i yeah. have a series one 
Right. Which the old ones you slide in and out for the Zoom and the new, the Series 2 are just a normal lens turn sideways one, but they're awesome. Yeah. They're worth it. Yeah. (laughs) They're worth it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that might come before too long, but. Yes. At the moment, I'm just going to put up with what I've got. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think if, you know, if you're doing that kind of photography, you, you should treat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I'm pretty lucky. Vicky, Vicky's generally, you know, behind me with whatever mm. I decide to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. A yeah, new surfboard, uh, new f- telephoto lens. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I have enjoyed photography over the years. I, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it, but I, I've enjoyed capturing moments and, um, yeah. and capturing images of things that people wouldn't normally yes. look at yep. or see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I get a lot of pleasure out of that. Mm. Um, and now, now I've got the new digital one. I'll, I'll get getting into it, and obviously Photoshop or something. I'll, I'll be doing a fair bit, I guess. So, in mm. the next few years. Um, well, you have got the time now, don't you? Well, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's um. So now that you are retired, like, do you think that you'll do any surveying? Um, well, I'm still, I'm still on the border surveyors. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be there for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still on the ACS board. Yep. Um, I'll probably stay there until I get to a point where I don't feel I'm contributing, or, mm-hmm. or if I'm pushed sideways. <laughs> so no, I mean, if somebody, somebody younger who's got a bit more drive and who's actually involved in the industry wants to yeah. get involved and I'm there as a bit of a roadblock, I'll happily step aside mm. um, to let, you know, some new new blood, new energy yeah. come into that organisation. It's just it's just kicking goals. And I know you're pretty heavily involved now with ACS. So, um, but... The, it's a fantastic organisation, really proactive. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. It's it's come leaps and bounds, and um, does a lot a lot for the people, the industry, the companies, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I think the um, you know the business academy and and things like yeah. that have are a great thing because so many surveyors who want to have their own business don't actually know anything about running a business. Yeah. You know, they yeah. do, they do their degree or they do their TOEFL, whatever it may be. And then, um, you know, decide to, to open up their own business, but actually really know nothing about it. So. Yeah. No, the, well, there's, there's plenty of survivors out there in that boat. You know, yeah. the only reason they're probably in business is they wanted a, wanted a job. So, I'll, I'll start my own business. Mm. How do I win work? I'll be cheap. Yeah. Um, once you once you start down that road, it's hard to then move to to offering you know, good service at a good price. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So, and then you don't have any business background or under, proper understanding. You know, you might have a, a shoebox on the ground. You put all your receipts in, take it to yeah. the accountant at the end of the year. <laughs> um, but you never really get too heavily involved in, in the actual financial side of things and uh, yeah. you know, having a bit of a budget thing, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, but, but really to grow, you know, if, you, if you're happy just to be one-man band, you could probably get away with that, even though it is disappointing the mindset of a lot of the smaller companies. It's all about price. That's how yeah. they win their work. It's, but, it's um, funny you say that because I had um, one of my old students not long ago went out on his own um, yeah. and I was chatting with him and everything and um, he said he was really busy and it was, you know, really good and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, I made some comment about um, charging, you know, don't yeah. undercharge yourself sort of thing. And he said, oh, no, I won't do that. You know, I'm, I know roughly what what other people, other companies are charging their rate out at and he's yeah. set it at that rate sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, so it was, it was good to hear that, um, you know, even though he's relatively young yeah. and going out on his own that he's not undercutting and just to get a job and he's realised that, you know, setting, setting that, that price bar is still getting him enough yeah. work that he's actually being able to pass work on to other people in the industry because it's either, you know, too far away from him or he can't do it. And so they're all all sitting around that same, yeah, that's same great. price. Yeah, I was really impressed to hear that, that that was the case with him and some of the others that have decided to go out on their own, that yeah. they're not undercutting each other and realise that there's enough work out there. Yeah, look, I think the younger generation is, I think, a lot more aware of um, their value. Mm. Um, you know, certainly the the um, salaries and that that they can uh, can now call, you know, get. Mm. Um, if you want to get that same salary working for yourself, you know, you, you start to work backwards. How much? What what equipment have I got to buy? What you know, liabilities, you know, insurance, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you soon work out mm. that uh, if you're not charging a reasonable fee, that really you've either just bought yourself a job, you're never going to yeah. pro progress beyond that, or or you're actually you're going backwards and you'd be far better off working for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and And to be honest, at the moment, the opportunities out there, if you're a young survivor who wants to, to run your own business, a number of us old guys who are leaving the industry, um, there's got to be some great opportunities out there to, to either join a company and, and, and through succession end up yeah. running that company mm. or, or, or you know, buy, buying companies. Uh, mm. Where you've, you've got pretty well, you know, set clients and, and incomes from day one. Yeah, and all, all of the processes and, are in place, and yeah, and at the moment, you know, loan interest rates on loans are dirt cheap. Yeah, um, and there's so much work out there. 
Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, you know, everywhere. And I just saw a, um, a post on, on Facebook for one of the guys in Queensland who was saying, you know, oh, he was looking for a, a, a graduate you know, whether it be a, a TAFE graduate or a uni graduate or, yeah. you know, some to, to join his company. And yeah. the the comments on there were like, oh, good luck. And, you know, yeah. oh, I've ended up, you know, just getting a, someone out of school. And I said the same thing. I'm like, you know, why don't you go and, and grab someone who's finishing school yeah. and start training them up and, and help them through because it seems to be the only way that you're going to get yeah. people these days. Yeah, um, no, definitely. We, mm. we, we've we've got had the same issue in our office. Um, you know, there's heaps of work on, but there's you can't grow your business too much because there's no That's nobody out hand. there to, to employ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or if you you got to be careful, you don't want to attract people to your business based on just on the salary. You know, there, there's a lot more to life. Than, than money yeah you know, oh. the experience that you're going to get the, the progression in your career by going to a certain company mm. you know to me they're the more important things and and the money will, will follow uh, but it's, it shouldn't be a, a primary driver I don't yeah uh, unfortunately I think these days it is though yeah you know, yeah, uh, you, you see some of the the salaries that are being put up for for techies or for graduates and stuff, yeah. and you go, oh wow, yeah. you know. So they they look at these at, at at the dollar signs and go, oh, I can get more money over there, so I'll go over there. Yeah, you know, not realizing that over there might not be the best choice for your career no, because they're just no. going to work you into the ground or, you know, they're, they're going to get every cent out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's, yeah. you know, it's, in a way it's no different to clients. You know, there, there are clients out there that will just continually go to whoever's the cheapest. So mm-hmm. there's no no allegiance to you. Yeah. Um, if you're not the cheapest, <laughs> see yeah. you later. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. I heard one of those one of those not long ago where um, this company had been doing work for for their client for oh god knows how long, mm. and they the company ended up going with some other some other surveying firm yeah because they were cheaper yeah and the clients come running back to come them back. because they they've stuffed. Yeah. They've stuffed the jobs up. They can't do what's yeah. expected of them. Whereas, you know, this other company knows exactly what needs to be done for the certain yep. type of jobs that they're doing. Um, you know, it, it's all laid out for them and everything. And they've come back with their tail between their legs because yeah, yeah. they've been completely stuffed up by this other company. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we, we just recently had a, well, a client that, that probably used us, you know, for the last, five, ten years, not not a great deal of work, but whenever they needed work, they got us yep. to do it. Anyway, yep. they own a caravan park and um, they, they needed a major detail survey of the caravan park. And so we gave them a price, um, which they thought was quite expensive. 
um, they went off and got another quote or a couple of quotes. Anyway, they, they went with the cheapest. But uh, interestingly, about a, a month ago or two months ago, maybe, um, they rang us back and said, look, we're, we're not happy with these other guys. Can we get you guys to do it? And so we ended up winning, getting the job at our original price. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you got to stick to your guns sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and uh, I think dropping you know, your price, you you're not you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. You got to, you know, if you want to pay your staff good money, you want to give them good conditions, you want good equipment, you need mm-hmm. money to do those things. Mm. And, um, if you want to be the cheapest, you you don't have the capacity to invest in new equipment or yeah or do a bit of um you know uh, trial and error on some new technology. Oh, we'll give that a shot. Yeah, you know, we'll see whether mm. we can make something out of that. Mm. Uh, you you just you focus. You know, no no minimum liabilities. So I just got to keep focus on, on doing the work that I'm doing, you're never going to progress, you know, yeah. never going to keep up with the yeah. changes in technology, which are just incredible at the moment. You know, from when I started, first of all, as I said, uh, you know, it was back in 73. <clears throat> when I was born. Anyway. Sorry. Thanks, thanks, Peter. I feel a lot older now. Um, but anyway, he, he didn't have EDM. We, yeah. we did a, about a 50-lot subdivision at Mount Cola, fairly steep country, oh, just gosh. with a chain and, and levels. Uh, you know, I really didn't use EDM until I went to uni. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the company I worked for, Mason's, had – they had a EDM, which they would, you know, it was one one in the office and, yeah. you know, you had to ask, oh, look, we're going to do this. Can we take the EDM? And simply, it simply measured, didn't, wasn't a total stationary. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, okay. Um, mm. but, uh, but but then you started to get the, the instruments, which are more like a total station, clip on clip EDM. Clip on the top, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's got to where it is today, which is just amazing uh, and how fast is it all changing like yeah you yeah. know we've had these changes over over the the years and like what you've seen when you started but really in the last 10 or so years it's really yeah. gone quite fast in, in oh, the technology changes hasn't it it's it's, it's it, it blows me away i mean <laughs> yeah technology is just phenomenal um just you know even your mobile phone, just what you can do on a mobile phone mm-hmm. uh, and the capacity of them is just amazing. Yeah. But, but you know, now, now we, we can have the guys out in the field with direct contact with the office. Uh, somebody in the office can be doing calculations while you're setting something out, upload that, and then can send an upload file. And, uh, yeah. And you, yeah. You can just keep working. Uh, Mm. Yeah, it's just amazes me. The, the only the big issue I guess I see is with robotics. 
a lot of people are using robotics to save save money, you know, keep yeah. their costs down. Yeah. But but it's in a way it's detrimental in long term to the to the industry because youngest younger surveyors don't get mentored, you know, in the field. Yes. With a, a more senior surveyor. Um, and explaining, you know, why you might do something this way or, mm-hmm. you know, why you should adopt that mark or whatever. Um, so that, that to me is a big big problem going forward is mm-hmm. that knowledge that the older surveyors have just getting isn't getting it's... passed yeah. on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And even when I was working at TAFE and, you know, I'd have surveyors say, why are you teaching this or why are you teaching that? Can you, yeah. you know, just teach them how to use a robotic? That's what all yeah. I need them to do. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's not my job. Yeah. My job's to yeah. teach them how to survey, yeah. understand what they're actually doing out in the field. You know, you want them to use a robotic, you teach them yeah. how to do that. You know, I'm here to, to, to give them the knowledge to go out and do a proper survey yeah. well, and that's understand where... what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's so important that they do have, you know, an understanding of the basics of, mm. of whatever it is, um, mm. you know, Pythagoras theorem and, and things like that, you know, how you can use that. Oh, when am I ever going to use that? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, always, I could never understand <laughs> why the hell am I learning bloody geodesy, you know. Um, <laughs> i tell you what. <laughs> Um, it's coming Glad very handy. Yeah, yeah. But mm. uh, back back at uni, it was, it was, you know, as I say, we had to use an EDM user, played around with telerometer and things, mm-hmm. things like that, but never really um, got too involved in, in you know large distances. Mm. Now with GPS and everything, it's just been a major game changer mm. to to how we operate as a survey business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said that you're still on the board of Bozzy? Yep. yep. Yeah, so... I'm, What's your role there? How, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm, well, basically a board member. I'm on a couple of committees. So mm-hmm. I'm on the discipline committee. Yep. And also the spatial committee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they both got their challenges. Um, the discipline committee, it, it, it can be difficult at times um, because I, I, I always put, try and put myself in the shoes of the surveyor mm. and you go, yeah, look, I understand. I can understand why you did what you did. Um, but, you know, maybe you, you, you should have done done this or done that yeah uh, yeah but there are some there that are really they just got really bad practices um and that's 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 uh yeah it's 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 well it's not tough i mean you just got to dish out if there if there's a problem mm. you, you've got to mm. deal with it um you know there's been quite a few cases um of unregistered surveyors doing survey work, yeah, like what what's considered land land surveys, which is yep. under, falls under the act. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what but, I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, it's it's such a big thing that I've always explained to the students at the vet level that, you know, you can't do a boundary survey and you've got to be careful with what you do here and what you do there. Yeah. Yet some of them finish TAFE, go out, start their own businesses and start doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know that they have you know, a registered surveyor somewhere who is happy to sign but doesn't really know what's yeah. going on and do- doesn't check or supervise the work that's happening and um, trying to get them to understand that there are rules and regulations that they need to abide by. And I know that yeah. there has yeah. been more people getting pulled up on it and going through. Yeah. Look, I, I, I have no problem with technical, but, you know, technician surveyors doing the work, but not the way I I you know, I I look at it. If I'm in a business and I've got technician surveyors working for me or working mm-hmm. under me, mm-hmm. um, they as they have done, they they do the majority of the field work. Yes, but over, over time we've built up a level of you know a relationship with. They know when they need to come and talk to me, mm-hmm. and vice versa. I know their capabilities, and um, it can work pretty, pretty good. Um, yes, yeah. But if, but if they're it, under that supervision of you. That's right. Being there and having that control over the job, so yeah. to speak. Um, yeah. You know, and they are having that interaction with you. Um, yeah. But are are these ones that are getting into trouble um, their own businesses, or Some, they are have been working under in a company? That's, yeah, there's there's a yeah there's some who are in their own business. Mm. Um, there are others that perhaps the surveyor has put too much faith in in right. the technician uh, yeah. and not even looked at the job. Yeah, and, and it just gets out of control mm-hmm. and then you know ultimately the surveyors the one the registered surveyors the one responsible because he's the one that signs because plan. they're signing yes yeah yeah but, uh, but a lot of you know there, there are surveyors out there that don't appreciate or or understand the responsibility they take by signing those plans um mm. and uh yeah, you know, maybe maybe in early days I I didn't either, you know, um, but I certainly understand it a lot a lot more now. Yes, uh, uh, you know I think there was a time where there were a lot of surveyors that that did do it, um, yeah. not thinking that they were doing something wrong or checking, but not checking enough. Yeah, and it's only when something goes wrong. And kind of bites them on the butt that they yeah. it pulls them up and they go oh my god how did that happen yeah. uh makes them realize moving forward yeah not for it to happen again mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's um can come and bite you on the bum if you mm. don't don't you know provide a certain level of, of, yeah. of checking and supervision yeah. Throughout, what are the sort of? Oh, sorry, go. Yeah. Oh, just throughout, you, you know, a, a job or 
doesn't have to be much. I mean, you know, just, oh, how's it going? You know, you, did you find suitable marks, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, did you, you find know, suitable they, marks? What were your connections? Did they meet up yeah. with the DP or whatever? The, what sort of yeah. comparisons yeah. and so forth? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what are the sort of consequences for getting it wrong? Uh, it, it can depend a lot on, on what how, how the how somebody responds mm-hmm. if they make out that they haven't done anything wrong um, uh, and, you know so and some there've been some that essentially ignore bossy you know really yep yep oh my gosh okay so it just gets yeah you know they, they think that no no why do i need to you know mm. listen to bossy you know, but you know, they've got to understand that, hey, with you know, this board is the one that looks after the registration of the surveyors and yes. we can quite easily take that registration away. Yeah. yeah. So um mm. yeah, but there's been a few and, and I guess there's also been the ones which aren't registered surveyors, the technicians who think, well, you know, she doesn't she doesn't, doesn't control me in, in yeah. any way. And and that and that's that is a bit of an issue, um, mm. you know, for, for the industry. I think, yeah, that, that we, you know, some of us are controlled by bossy, but then there's a whole range of the technicians who, can, you know, can go out mm. there and and, and do, do work and, and and you know, they don't necessarily need or have uh, any qualifications. They've just learnt. From, from experience or whatever, um, but they can get you into a lot of trouble too. Yes, it can. Uh, do you, Do you think that there needs to be some kind of licensing for technicians? Like I know ACT is talking about some kind of engineering technical licensing or something like yeah. that. It's only the, it's just being talked about now. Yeah, so. it's, it's it's a bit of a difficult one. I mean, mm. obviously. From from the from Bossy and and um, and the role of why we're registered surveyors because we look after the the cadastral integrity of this of the state. Mm. Um, you can understand why that you know you need to be registered to contribute to to that infrastructure. I'm not sure how you would. Do that um, for projects which don't involve that infrastructure. Yeah, um, I, I can see good. You know, it'd be great to have some organisation um, that that did give some acknowledgement to people's capabilities and skills, mm. um, so that you do get some recognition that yeah, you're you're a, an accredited engineering surveyor or, or whatever. Uh, or you're a class two or class three, you know, I mean, you can work on high rise, but you can't. Um, I, th- I think some sort of system would be great, but um, yeah, I-, I don't know how how we implement that. Um, mm-hmm. ACT is probably a little bit different to most, well, certainly to New South Wales, mm-hmm. it's a much smaller area. Uh, you know, New South Wales is by far 
the biggest state in terms of uh, registered surveyors. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of economic activity here yeah. in, in New South Wales and Victoria. Um, yeah. It, it, I'm not not sure how 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 you would in, impl, implement something. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got an answer for it to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, you know, I I think it would be great if, yeah. it, if there was something mm. like that. Okay. Yeah. Well. I mean, does does ACT like if they're so small, why why would they be trying to bring something like that in? Do you think? Well, I think it's probably easier for them to implement and to bring yeah, okay. in something mm. um, because you know of the their size. Um, yeah. Okay. And and I guess you know a lot of the work in the ACT is government work. Maybe. Not, yeah, don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure myself. Mm. Uh, Fair enough. Queensland has a pretty good system in in to be uh, to undertake cadastral work. You can be a technician, but you have to get like an accreditation through their board. Okay. To actually work in, in on cadastral surveys. Yeah. Um. They, I mean, they. they couple of interesting things they also have different levels you can be a basically a registered surveyor but it doesn't mean you can own it. you can run a business you've got to be get a consulting oh. surveyor's endorsement okay which uh you know i think it's got a lot of merit um mm, that's interesting but the other the other thing that that you can do in queensland you can't do don't think you can do anywhere else is the company takes the responsibility for the work. So, oh, and not the GHD, for instance, employs yeah. registered surveyors. So, GHD, the directors of GHD sign off on the plan, as does the registered surveyor. But so, GHD is the one that's responsible for for that survey, for that as well as well as mm. the surveyor. So, yeah, okay. in, interesting. The way they do it, um, mm. you know, I think consulting surveyor endorsement would open opportunities to to make sure that those who are running businesses, you know, bit what we talked about earlier, yeah. have some business understanding and yeah. work health and safety issues and um, you know people management, just all of those sorts of things. Mm. Um, so yeah. I, I reckon it'd be a great idea going forward for other states to to look more closely at at something similar. I'm not saying the same. No, yeah. But, but um, yeah, interesting how Queensland have done it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Moving forward, uh, do you regret your decision? No, I, I, certainly not. I uh, I've had a lot of good times. Over the years, um, mm. you know, it's it's given me a great opportunity to get out in the out in the bush. Mm. Um, I guess that's what really got me 
hooked on surveying. I, as I said, I, I left school. I worked for a fellow in Hornsby. We did a lot of, yeah, you know, house set-out, strata, subdivision, things like that. And then um, in about mid-'70s, the things weren't going all that well with the economy. Anyway, uh, my boss knew Ian Marshall, who was a surveyor at Cessnock and a very mm-hmm. well-respected and knowledgeable surveyor. Um, but anyway, he, he had an overload of, of rural work, so he, he handed some work out to, to my boss and um, we started doing a bit of rural work and I, I just became the golden boy. I could find marks for some reason that others couldn't. <laughs> um, now I, I'd trip over something and go, oh, oh hang on. That, that lot, that, those rocks look like a bit of a line. Um, or, you know, and um, I think part of it, <laughs> yeah, just maybe because of my interest in natural history. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, rocks don't generally mm-hmm. fall in a line just for the sake of it. Yeah. There's generally a reason for it. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think also having an understanding or putting yourself in the shoes of the surveyor at the time. Um, well, if I was a surveyor and I'm, I was marking this line, I had to go over that hill. I reckon on top of that hill, that's where I'd place a mark, you know, yeah. to, to carry, carry myself over. Yep. And uh, sure enough, you know, you'd find a remains of an old lock spit or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that, that gave me a great deal of pleasure in, in, you know, not that I was actually doing the calculations at the time, but being involved in discovering a mark that was placed, you know, a hundred years ago and, uh, and finding it again, you know, going, isn't, wow, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it, to, oh, yeah. to be able to do that? I mean, I, I remember when I was when I first started working, I was working with RMS and um, they were going to be doing some road work on I think it was Old Windsor Road mm. and we had to go through and find the old survey marks yeah, so right. that they could... Um, you know, try and make sure that they weren't disturbed or if it yep. was a reference to something that it could be replaced elsewhere yep. or whatever. And uh, that was pretty cool. Um, mm. Looking at the old plans, doing the surveys, you know, and and, and finding these old marks. It was, yeah. I, I yeah. like that. Oh, yes. The real mm. bus, yeah. Some, some of the old rock marks that I've found, you know, we're working up in the Mangrove Mountains area, which is out the back of the Central Coast area, Gosford, um, mm. are just fantastic. Some of the marks we found there. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I've had had some good good surveys done up around the Coffs Harbour area. Um, found some great old marks at, at times, but yeah. unfortunately, because I was shiny ass of the year, um, <laughs> my time in the field, yeah, yeah, it was, it was more. Um, in the office, but yeah, um, yeah. Mm. Uh, but what's what's the funniest thing that's happened to you when you've been surveying? Funniest thing, I've had all the had, worst. Yeah, well, <laughs> which I've now had, you go, God, that was funny. <laughs> I've had um, 
we you know we're, we're trying to find i can't find a property we knocked on the door and we got met with a guy with a shotgun oh. uh, yeah did you run real quick <laughs> no no he, he was right i think he, he, he just thought it might have been somebody else yeah okay <laughs> but um yeah that was interesting um been chased by bulls in paddocks. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah, got to be able to get a, through a fence. Electric fence is always fun. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we had a few few of those electric fences, and um, I, I had a had a chainman used to work for me. And uh, when we were out in the bush, you you wouldn't take a, a sledgehammer. You only take an axe and use mm-hmm. the axe to knock in pegs and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he had this habit of swinging the axe, so he knocked the peg in nice and straight. He wouldn't swing over his shoulder; he'd swing over his head. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so you could drive the pegs in nice and straight. Well, that was fine until he caught the back of his head with the axe. Oh, no. <laughs> and back back in the day, so we're talking, you know, would have been around around the early eighties. Mm-hmm. Long hair, mm-hmm. big cut in your head, blood everywhere, oh. and uh, he was actually the boss's son. So we, we sort of quickly packed up, and I took him back. And he wanted to go and see his old man first, so I went there, and his old man said, "No, take him to the hospital. Take him to the hospital." So where where the hospital was then, it's different in Coffs Harbour now, but it used mm-hmm. to be um, halfway between the town centre and the jetty. Oh yeah. Anyway, so we pulled up the traffic lights at the um, intersection with Pacific Highway, which has got the Coffs Hotel on the on one corner. Well, he jumped out of the car, ran into the bottle shop, bought a couple of stubbies for himself. <laughs> uh, I can just imagine whoever served him in the bottle <laughs> shop is this guy come in, <laughs> long blood hair and blood. Oh yeah. gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. Anyway, we took him down the hospital, and everything was was okay. But um, yeah, it was Just certainly. Ditches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> you laugh at it, but uh, at the time it was a bit dramatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had another guy with a brush hook or an axe. He he chopped, cut down a tree, which well a, a sapling, which then fell on another sapling and the the butt of the tree flew up hit him in the chin knocked him out oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah so lots of interesting things like that yes yeah. there, there's always a story to tell isn't there oh yeah someone yeah. doing something can yeah yeah uh, some good good laughs there mm. uh, well it, it, when you're back in hindsight yeah there's some good laughs mm. um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, trying to think of any others. No, no real snake ones. Uh, oh, sorry, the 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 chainman that had the axe in the back of his head apparently got caught short. This is after I'd left. I wasn't working for him anymore, but I mm-hmm. heard this one. Um, so I had to do a number two. Oh no! <laughs> and um, he got somehow he got bitten by a black snake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sounds but, like uh, he um 
he was a bit accident prone that one. Uh, yeah, a bit <laughs> of a wild happen, boy. It would happen to him. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a wild boy, for sure. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, there's some real mm. characters, you know. Uh, I'm sure other survivors would would have similar stories, oh, particularly yes. some of the chain. And yeah, we, I did when I was working at Mason's. Um, had this whole chain guy. Uh, you know, he he had to be 70 or something when he worked with me. Mm. So I'm talking back in late 70s, and um, we're doing an ident on a. I think it was an ident on a like a terrace house and I knocked on the door and whoever came to the door said, yeah, yes, you're sweet. So we're around in the backyard doing measurement and this girl walked out because the toilet was out the back. It wasn't oh, in yes. the house. Yep. She walked out stark naked. Poor old Chayman, his eyes dropped out of his head. She just said, hi, hi. Did a, did a business. See ya. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he was just flabbergasted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's probably mm. most of the stories I can think of at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, I, I never really had any problem with snakes. Um, I don't know. I, I think one. Well, no, I I didn't mind snakes. You know, mm. some people they see a snake. But mm. um, yeah, but generally you're making that much noise when you're surveying any snakes. Yeah, are, you know, yep. the only the main time we see snakes is when you have a break at lunchtime and sit down next to a creek or something, and you might get a black snake or something come past. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the first time I ever saw a snake was this year. Yeah, when I went down to Murrumbidgee, I was driving to where I was staying and, oh, no, I had checked another spot and then I was driving back, yeah, driving back to where I was staying and I stopped at uh, one of the rest stops, which is right near one of the creeks that we had to survey. Or No, the boys had already surveyed it, but there was a few missing bits, so I just wanted to have a look at why there was missing information. So I'm just in my thongs pair of shorts and everything and I jump out of the car and um you know sort of walk up to the edge and go and go to jump up on a on an old tree stump and I jumped up on there so I could get a better look and all of a sudden this snake just went scurrying off and it was a massive <laughs> snake and I've just got oh shit yeah I'm going yeah. back to the car put my boots on put my snake things on <laughs> Yeah, that's the yeah, first oh, that, time I'd ever come across a snake. <laughs> yeah, they, you, they can spook you when you, you, like, you know, you step on, don't step on them, but step near them. Near unexpectedly them. Unexpectedly. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't even think about them. It mm. wasn't even thinking about, you know, watching for snakes or anything. It was just like, oh, that's one of the spots that the boys surveyed. I'll just jump out and yeah. have a quick look and take some photos. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. 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 No. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. What's the um, what's the best work advice that you've ever heard? Best work advice. I don't know. I don't know where I heard it. Um, but I've always, I've always lived by the, the motto of 
actions speak louder than words. But mm. you, can, you can say everything mm-hmm. and, and sound great, but if you don't follow through, um, you know, I, I guess I, I've always tried to follow through. If I've said, you know, I oh, will do this or we can do that or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's easy to talk the talk, but not so easy to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, probably, as I say, I don't know whether it's, that was actual work advice that I've been, I've been given. Um, one boss did say to me, and I, I, I did I did follow, well, I think I followed through. Um, I just knew, you know, when, when you're a young surveyor, you write things in, in a certain way. And he, he said, you know, you need to be more assertive. You mm-hmm. need to put your point across mm-hmm. stronger mm-hmm. than what you're, what you, and uh, I've tended to do that from there on. And yeah, yeah he, he was, he was right. You know, I, yeah. I used to dance around a bit. Um, he said, no, say what you need to say. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, because you were worried about what other people were going to say or think or, or something. Or... Yeah. Well, be, being young survivor yeah. to, you know, you haven't got the confidence. Yeah. That, that an older head has, mm. um, you know, and how to deal with situations. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was it was good advice that I needed at the time. Yeah, um, mm. I probably did dance around a bit trying to be good to everybody, yeah. or you know, or not, not. Yeah, so mm. Um, mm. yeah, um, mm. I can't think of much other. You know, I'm trying to think of all the surveyors I work for. Not that many, but. Um, yeah. Mm. No, well, who, that, yeah. Yeah. Who, who? Who? Um, who? Who in your working career? Who's been the biggest impact on you? Who's had the biggest impact on you? Yeah, probably um, fellow survivor by name Graham Lockett. Yeah. Um, I worked for Graham the majority of my time in Coffs Harbour. Okay. So when I first came to Coffs Harbour, I worked for another survivor. Mm. Uh, um, as I said, only for about nine months, and then I got a job with Graham, and I stayed with Graham for eight years. Mm. But as I say, <clears throat> GHD then bought Graham's practice, so it was another yeah. seven years. So I was sort yeah. of fifteen years mm. with um, with Graham, not necessarily by my side, but. He was certainly a role model um, and, and probably one of the reasons I said, no, I, I need to head down a, a more a, a business side of things rather than yeah. the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, you know, he wore a suit, uh, not every day, but most days he certainly have a suit and yeah. he was involved in this committee and that committee and uh, well-respected for his advice. And um, ran ran a, a good business, so uh, yeah. Would he yeah. be one of the reasons why you are involved in the different committees and stuff now? Partly, yeah. um, certainly 
partly. He mm. he certainly uh, allowed me to get involved if yeah. I wanted to get involved in things. I didn't I didn't have to go and ask him. Yeah, I'd just do it. But he he would generally support it. You know, support it. Yeah. Um, and I've tr- I've tried to do that with my guys um, as well. Is mm. you know because I, I I think you you get a lot more out of um, whatever you're doing, if you get the more involved you get in yeah. it. Um, you know, and I, I guess I've always liked to be leading on the front foot rather than trying to catch up or, or just following, you know, mm-hmm. if I can have some, some position where I can influence yeah. what is going to happen rather than mm-hmm. just react to what's happening. Mm. Um, that sort of where I, I feel comfortable. Um, you know, that's partly why I um, I went on and did the, a graduate diploma in urban and regional planning uh, because I, could, I, I always enjoyed planning when I, I did it through the surveying courses, through, either through the um, surveying certificate or, or at uni. Mm-hmm. And and I enjoyed it when I did my board exams. You had to do town planning there yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just finding that um, that a major client of ours required, you know, us to have a, a professional team, which included a surveyor, an engineer, and a town planner, um, and... I sort of said, well, you know, hang on, we, we can do all of this. Yeah. Why do we have to engage a town planner? Um, so I said, well, I, I'm going to give myself some mm. qualifications yeah. in that area. So, yeah, I, I went on and then did the graduate diploma. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's certainly helped me in a lot of ways getting, getting recognised not only as a surveyor, but, you know, a town planner, but more somebody that can manage a, a project and bring about a, a positive outcome mm. you know, by, mm. because you, you understand the planning side of things as well as the surveying side of things. Yeah. Does, is that um, some of the awards that you've won through ESI and stuff, the town planning and stuff, or what were some of the awards that oh. you because I know there was a few. I'm just yeah, trying to find them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, we end up, we did win one town planning category uh, for one of our projects. Mm-hmm. I've been highly commended for town planning into other award awards. Mm. Um but then we've also managed to win uh, one for uh, trying to think what it was called. Uh, but anyway, essentially it was for mapping an Aboriginal fish trap. Oh, okay. So close to Wagoga here is a a, a fish trap um, which has some Aboriginal origin. But there's, there's always been a dispute over whether, in fact, it was Aboriginal or it was European. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, and, and 
some people would you know would be pulling rocks off or, or adding rocks to it um and 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 yeah so the, through the national parks they wanted a, a survey done for posterity to say well yeah. this, this is the traps mm-hmm. um so we did that we did that initially just thinking oh yeah we just go ahead and do like a detail survey However, when you get out there, there's rocks lying everywhere uh, mm-hmm. that don't necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do you pick them up, you know, a de- doing a detail survey? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we en- engaged, uh, we decided we'd do this by aerial, fo- aerial photography. Yeah, and okay. obviously to get the detail that was required, we had to do it with a helicopter. Couldn't we couldn't do it? Obviously, the plane was way too high, and the detail was was not good enough. Yeah. And so this is before drones. I mean, if mm-hmm. we had a drone, we would have done it with the drone. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we organised for the national parks helicopter to come to call into the site, pick up a um, our photogrammetrist, and take him up, and he took. The aerial photos we placed had placed control, yeah, and then yeah. we basically produced a auto photo map mm. of the fish traps, um, yeah, which I, I think was the best way to represent what was actually there what on the ground. There? Yeah, yeah. The only thing they had before that was uh, an archaeologist back in the early about 1970, I think, had gone there and sketched sketched something up but uh, yeah the sketch Mm -hmm. didn't really tell you too much um yeah so this is the first time they've been sort of an accurate plan prepared and uh, yeah that that's we won an award for that one yeah 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 yeah, so where where does that plan sit just with national parks or something or is yep uh i I believe I, i heard that they've since had another survey done okay. for the drone mm-hmm. um so we, we did that uh, maybe 15 years ago yeah. something like that mm-hmm. um maybe they've done this more recent one just to monitor whether there's been change changes or not. yeah yeah um but that was that was really interesting in a way as you know you had to put on your thinking cap for house how's the best way to Capture this information and mm. present it, so that not only you but others would understand what what you've done and 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 yeah. So we decided an auto photo map of the, um, the, the actual fish traps. Yeah, yeah. There was talk about there being a second one. Well, as I say, there's just rocks lying around everywhere. Mm-hmm. You couldn't you couldn't sort of work out whether there was a line of rocks or whatever yeah. so again the aerial photography was certainly the best way and you look at the aerial photography you really can't see a second trap mm-hmm. um, well i can't an archaeologist might be able to might but be, yeah 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 they, and, if they know what they're looking for <laughs> yeah yeah but, but that's um, part yeah, that, of our that, job that, isn't that, it being yeah. problem solvers working out how to you know what you need to do. How you're going to do it to to get the best outcome for the client? Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, well, that's right. Uh, you know, you you've got to think that 
you know, what the, the survey, you've got to be able to represent it in a way that your client appreciates the value of it, you know. Mm. Um, and that's one of the big problems, I guess, we have as surveyors. We go and knock, you know, define a boundary. Uh, we might produce a plan that says we've placed a peg here, peg there. Um, you look at, yeah, it doesn't look like a lot of, lot of work, and 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 sometimes the markings are pretty, pretty ordinary. You know, I've just, I won't say where, but there's a some uh, crown land nearby where some surveyors marked it, but the pegs are, you know, mushroomed a bit at the top or mm. just been scribbled on on a stake, you know, boundary peg or whatever. Mm. It doesn't look real professional. Professional, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how, how, how we can improve things too much, but certainly if your pegs start to mushroom, time to pull that one out and replace it with another one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I think that's always an issue with, this, with surveying is that a lot of our work, doesn't doesn't create um, a, a tangible asset other than you know we've marked the boundaries, um, but yeah. the amount of work that can go into that yeah will be considerable. They they what am I getting for my money four pegs or something? Yeah, yeah. Why does it cost so much? <laughs> yeah. Well, I only need one peg. I only want one peg. Yeah, but we've got to do almost as much work for one peg as for we one, would if we had to peg the whole. <laughs> whole of your property yeah uh, yeah or, you know, I, I did find an old peg down the road or something oh yeah right uh, well mm. one peg doesn't help us uh, anyway no it, it some people appreciate it but there's a lot that don't yeah mm. i don't think they understand what what we do or what is involved and yeah yeah, well, uh, so. yeah, and, and you know, I've had so many people so couldn't understand why when we're marking boundaries, we we don't have to follow the boundary lines. You know, well, how can you work out where the peg, the corner is, unless you're sort of following the boundaries? Well, that's obviously they don't understand geometry and no. <laughs> how we work. But mm. um, yeah. Mm. On that note. We'll take a break and finish up here for part one of my chat with Michael. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Come back next week for part two. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Peter Cox.